As a parent, I'm sure you watched your kids sometime uh, try to accomplish a project. Let's say they're making some sort of sandwich, a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and the jelly jar just won't open. And you're watching them. You're watching them. There, there's several different reactions that could be done. You, you know, some kids may never even attempt the challenge because it's just simply too great. They're going to eat something else, eat something more simple. Some of them maybe will invent a way to open up the jar that's 10 times harder than just figuring out how to open up the jar, but, but by golly, they invented a way. Maybe some of your kids would get so mad at the jar that they would stomp off, kick another kid in the process, and get in trouble for, for, for getting mad and kicking another kid when it all stemmed from a jar of jelly. Maybe some of them, in order to get into the jar of jelly, they would just break the dadgum jar. Maybe or maybe not, this has some relation to my boys, but as a parent, have you ever seen your kids try to do something that is really too great for them, but they never asked? They never asked for help. You're sitting there watching them. They even maybe know that you are watching them, but they never ask for help. But at the same time, you don't want to just do it for them because, well, if you just do everything for them, they'll never learn how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And if they never learn to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, by golly, they're never going to move out of your house, right? So how do we make this all happen? In fact, this morning, uh, I, I get an email by a guy by the name of Tim Elmore. He he does a lot of research about, about college students and students and kids. And, 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 and he was talking about learned helplessness. How if kids time and time and time and time and time again try something but never see progress, they're going to feel helpless. And ultimately, they're going to feel hopeless and they're not going to try again. But if we do it for them, that'll make them helpless as well. And as I had this sermon on my mind and on my heart, I thought, you know what? Man, that's almost like how God treats us as our Father, as our Heavenly Father. And when I take a look at, the, at a story, that we take a, what we see is children who go so far, but they can't go any farther. And a God and a Father who moves heaven and earth to help his children, but help them in a specific way. We're going to be in Judges chapter 10. This is the last, uh, last week in the series, Good, Good Father. And where we are at in this series is that, is that, is that the, the, the children of Israel has, has, has had a couple of victories, Jericho and I. And, and then last week we saw that they made a treaty, a treaty that they didn't ask God about. They made a treaty with, with, with a tribe inside the promised land that they, they were supposed to you know, get rid of and, and, and cleanse the promised land. But boom, there they are in this treaty and they, 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 they upheld the treaty. They didn't kill off those people. And now we see the other tribes around this one tribe of Gibeon take a look at all of this situation. And there's five tribes. And all five of these tribes, they form an alliance, a super alliance, a super army. 
and they see the, 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 the people of Israel, which is really 12 tribes total, and then the tribe of Gibeon, and it says, the, 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 the Bible says that the tribes of Gibeon was a, a, a mighty tribe. They were strong. And so these five tribes decided to form an alliance against this one tribe, actually this one tribe, knowing that this alliance was going to um, impact the people of Israel and the people of Israel was going to respond as well. And this is where we pick up the story. Joshua chapter 10, I believe the scriptures will be um, on the screen below me. Um, but also, please follow along in the Bible event. The reading plan, I think, is going to be super important this week. I hope to talk about this during, um, uh, during the sermon. But you can follow along in a hardbound Bible. Joshua chapter 10, verse 6. The men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, Don't abandon your servants. Come quickly and save us. Help us, for all the Amorite kings living in the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua and his whole military force, including all the fighting men, came from Gilgal. They went from Gilgal to Gibeon. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them, for I have handed them over to you. Not one of them will be able to stand against you. So Joshua caught them by surprise after marching all night from Gilgal. The Lord threw them into a confusion before Israel. He defeated them in a great slaughter at Gibeon because he uh, at Gibeon chased them through the ascent of Beth Huron and stuck, struck them down as far as Ezekah and Makeda. Here's the first thing that we're seeing from this passage is that God, God working doesn't mean we don't. When God works, that doesn't mean we don't. Let's Let's break this down. Let's go deeper in here. They marched, the, 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 the tribe of Israel, or the people of Israel, the, the, the army of Israel marched all night long from Gilgal to Gibeon. That is a distance of 20 miles. I looked it up earlier. From here to Ozark is 20 miles. 20 miles. And according to the Maps app, that would take us eight hours to walk just alone. So imagine, imagine trying to, to, trying to move forces eight, uh, 20 miles, march them 20 miles. A walk would take eight hours. How much longer would it take to march that? From here to Ozark. And then when you get there, you've got to actually fight. More on that in a minute. Marching all night long. You want more difficulty to this? Okay, great. Here's, here's some more difficulty. The rise in elevation from Gilgal to Gibeon is 3,300 feet. Two-thirds of a mile. We call Denver the mile-high city. Two-thirds of the way up to Denver, they marched all night long, 20 miles, up an incline. Try that on your stair climber, right? Let's see how long it takes you. But this is, this is, this is a whole army. This isn't them saying, hey God, you've got this. We're going to stay in Gilgal. You just send like lightning bolts or something and it's all going to be good. And we're just going to stay here. No. God working doesn't mean we don't. By faith, they went from Gilgal all the way up to Gibeon in order to, 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 to save this tribe that actually deceived them. This was their chance at revenge, right? 
They could have said, look, you guys deceived us. We're not going to touch you, but we're not going to come help you either. But they didn't. God said, look, this army, this super army, this army that's come against Gibeon, thus come against you, don't worry about them. I'm going to deliver them to you. Just because God works doesn't mean we don't. And taking a look at the the, the research thing that I talked about earlier and and, and, and and all this perspective, if God is a Father that does everything for us, we'll never learn to do anything. But however, God is a Father and we as children have to be completely dependent upon God as well. So how does this work? We've talked in the past about the sweet dance between us and God. That God leads the dance, but we do dance, and we do follow. In the Bible reading from this past week, I used the illustration, a different type of illustration, but an illustration nonetheless of of a surfer riding a wave. The surfer doesn't create the wave, but he works to ride the wave. This is much like us and God. Seeing God work and wanting God work doesn't mean we don't do anything. Look, they marched all night long to get there. Two-thirds of a mile of elevation. 20 miles length of, 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 of of a march. And then they got there and then they fought. And in this climate, at this time, the heat would be oppressive. Over 110 degrees in the heat of the day. Imagine. Just imagine football, walking from here to Ozark, let alone the elevation lift, and trying to play a game of football in 110 degree heat. Come on, right? No thank you, right? But they fought. They fought. God working doesn't mean we don't. Let me ask you this. Are you marching? Are you marching? Are you committed to seeing God work? Are you committed to, 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 to the things that God tells us to hear and follow about? Are you marching? Or are you sitting, waiting for God to work? Maybe the miracle is in Gibeon, and you're sitting in Gilgal. Will you see the miracle? Let's keep going. Because that's not the rest of the story. They hit a snag. They hit a problem. See, in verse 12, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and moon, over the valley of Hyjalon. My best guess at that word. They ran into a snack. They went as far as they could. But the job wasn't going to be done. They faced exhaustion. They faced oppressive heat. And they perhaps also faced the day ending. See, if the, if the day ended and it got to nighttime, that would allow this other super army to, um, to regroup. See, it said earlier that 
that, that the Lord threw this other army into confusion. The other army attacked Gibeon because they thought that they had at least one to three days. The stuff that I studied about this march said it would take from one to three days for an army to march this far. So, 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 so the super army thought that they had one to three days to attack Gibeon before their alliance partner Israel would come to the rescue. So when they got there in the morning after marching overnight and surprise attacked them, they were confused. The Lord threw them into a, in, into a confusion. And, and, and now Israel had an opportunity. And Joshua knew that they had an opportunity. This opportunity was to take out the whole southern half of the promised land in one battle. The five tribes of, uh, that, that, that formed this alliance were the five major tribes of the southern half of the promised land that they were to, 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 to take over. And Joshua knew, we have this one opportunity, we have this one chance to be able to, to defeat all five of these armies in one, sw- in one fell swoop. But if, if, if darkness falls, they could regroup, and this battle could last much longer than what it really should. And so they're facing exhaustion. They're facing oppressive heat. And they're facing the threat of nightfall. But they've done what they could. And they're not going to overtake them with what they've got right now. So what does Joshua do? He prays for the sun to stand still. Now, this is a difficult miracle. This is a miracle that perhaps you could have grown up in church and not really heard about this miracle. And this is a big miracle. If we're asking the sun to stand still, this is a big deal, right? And maybe, maybe you've heard of this miracle. And this is some of the problem that you have with the Bible. You're going, this could never happen. Come on now. Okay, I, I get it. I see it. I mean, there's some difficulty with the sun standing still. We know that the sun wouldn't stand still. It would be the earth standing still. And there would be some gravitational, at minimum, some gravitational difficulties with the sun standing still. But Joshua still prayed the prayer. This prayer, this is key, this prayer is in line with God's promises. I will give you all of the promised land and God's kingdom. At this point in time, God was building a physical kingdom. And this, 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 this prayer was in line with God's promises. I will give you the promised land. And God's kingdom. I'm going to build the kingdom for my people. This is in line with it. But it is a big, bold prayer nonetheless. Now, first of all, I've heard people say, Dream big dreams for God and pray bold prayers for God. This isn't Joshua dreaming up the boldest thing that he could dream up. This is Joshua telling God, we need more. More time uh, or less heat, less exhaustion. This is Joshua telling God, look, we have an opportunity here. And we see this opportunity, but we need more. We need you. We need you to step in. And we need you to do only you can do, only what you can do, so that this battle can be won. We must pray in line with God's 
promises and God's kingdom purposes. And maybe you say, okay, that's nice and great, but isn't that a little egotistical of God to say, you know, I will only answer the prayers in line with my, 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 my promises and my kingdom purposes? Yes, if we're looking at it through the lens of a child. Maybe a silly illustration, but I think it works. Roll with me here. So, I hope, I hope all of us have restrictions on the daily intake of candy on our, uh, of our children. I know in our house, we do. There's, you know, health aspects to that, physical aspects, action aspects to limiting sugar intake. Correct parents, right? So our kids, from the filter and the, through the lens of our kids' eyes, they think we are egotistical maniacs for, for, for restricting their candy intake. How dare you restrict my candy intake? Don't you know how good candy is? By the way, yes, I do. Don't you know how good candy is? So why would I not want to intake this candy as much as possible throughout the day? Us as parents, we have the parents' lens on, right? We have a more global lens on. We say no out of our kids' best interest, correct? However, however, I also hope that on certain days, maybe Christmas, maybe Easter, maybe certainly Halloween, they get to partake in a little more candy than what is normally allowed. Right? As father, as mother, as parents, there are those days that you just want to say yes. Why does God answer certain prayers and not answer certain prayers? And it looks like God's answering certain prayers for this person, but might not myself, and for this and not that, and da 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 This one silly illustration with candy sees the different lenses by which we look at things. We look at God through the childlike lens, going, Why God? Why them, not me? Why then, not now? Why God? If we as parents can see things through a parental lens for our children on this earth, how much more can our Heavenly Father look at things through His parental lens and say, yes, no, maybe, wait for the time that we need. Yes, no, maybe, wait. But this story gives us permission to ask Son, stand still prayers when we need them. And when we look out and we see what God has promised and we see what God's kingdom purposes are and we see a gap between what we can do and where God is taking us and we see that gap and we go, God, by faith, we can walk this far, but we cannot walk any farther. God, there is still a gap here. You've got to do something to fill in the gap or bring us here or bring the gap. Do something. God, please do something. Maybe it's instantaneous. Maybe it's over time. Maybe it's wait. Maybe it's maybe. Maybe it's... I don't know. But what this story does give us permission to do is to, to pray, God stand, or Son, stand still prayers when there is a gap. Because there's always going to be a gap, right? God's promises, God's kingdom purposes are far beyond us. So there will always be this gap. 
and say, God, do something. Do something, because there's a gap. Guys, I, I talked a bit during the sermon last week about the church's finances. We've done this and we've done that and we've done different things to try to try and fill this gap. And God is showing me, you can't do this gap. You can't fill this gap. Son, stand still prayers. God, you've promised. You've promised to take care of your people. Now, how, how is that going to work? Maybe you need something in your own personal life. Maybe it is with your finances. Maybe it's with an addiction. Maybe it's with a sin. Maybe it's with, 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 with reaching out to people who are far from God. Because God's purpose for His people is to build each other up and reach those far from Him. I don't know what it is for you, but there will be a gap between what you can do by faith, what God has commanded us to do by faith. There are things that He's commanded us to do by faith, but there will still be a gap. That's where the sun stands still prayer comes into effect. Because, because God works as a father, as a heavenly father, in line with his promises and his purpose. Let's go back to verse 9. So Joshua caught them by surprise after marching all night from Gilgal. The Lord threw them... Now, let's not consider this timeline and sequence, but as an overall telling of this story, okay? Maybe this will help with, with what is going on here. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. He defeated them in a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them through the ascent to Beth Horon, struck them down as far as Eseka and Makeda. As they fled before Israel, the Lord threw large hailstones on them from the sky along the descent of Beth Horon all the way to Azeka. And they died. More of them died. Uh, the super alliance army died from the hell. Then the Israelites killed them with the sword. On the day that the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the presence of Israel. Sun stands still over Gibeon and moon over the valley of Ahalon. And the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on its enemies. Isn't this written in the book of, the, of Jeshar? So the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed its setting, almost a full day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord listened to the voice of a man because the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua and all Israel with him returned to the camp at Gilgal. Honestly, I don't know what happened here. God absolutely, if he created everything, has the power to stop the earth and stop the effects of what that would do to the earth. The word stilled can also mean be quiet or shh. Okay, so like, we got the hailstone stuff, right? So maybe God was helping them speed along the battle, but also help with the heat, right? Hail comes out of clouds. And if a thunderstorm, that would cool the temperatures. There's a lot of theories out there, including that God himself shone his own light to be like the daytime, much like the pillar of fire at night that he led them by. Do I know exactly how God did this? I do not. And I don't think it matters. Here's why. 
we get uh, so caught up into fighting over how God did things that we forget who and why. And this story is very clear about who and why. Who? Yahweh. God. The, 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 the super alliance people. Okay? They would have as their primary deities heavenly deities. <laughs> and here the heavens are appearing to fight against them. Do you not think that God's making a statement here about their deities? That they are false? That they're not true? That that they don't really care about them? That there's only one true God? And right now, He's fighting on behalf of the people of faith. And why? He's accomplishing His promises and building His kingdom. And he wants his people to have faith in exactly that. He, that he will accomplish his promise and that he will build his kingdom. And that his people have got to have faith in those two things. We can, get, we can fight over why or how all day long. But there's no question about who and why. And God will work in line his promises and his kingdom he will he has promised to defeat sin he has promised to adopt children into his kingdom he has promised to forgive sin he has promised to cleanse sin he has promised to give hope and joy and love and life eternal life infinity life abundant life he has promised to take care of his children he has promised to love his children he has promised all these things and he has promised to build his kingdom not as one kingdom on the face of this earth but in every kingdom on the face of this earth that's what he's promised and when we by faith walk in the line of God and we by faith move and go, but we get to the end of what we can do and there's still a gap because there will always be that gap. We don't pray big prayers and dream big dreams for God. He's got that covered. We ask God, you do what you do. Build your kingdom. Deliver on your promises. So that we can see your, you work. So that we can have faith. And so that no, brand new people can have faith in you. What sun stand still miracle do you need? This church, we need a financial sun stand still miracle to fill in that gap. We need a sun stand still miracle. We'd love to see more people far from God Find God through this group of people. But we need some sun stand still miracles to fill in that gap between where we are with this and where God wants us to be. What about you personally? Like I said, addiction, finances, reaching new people. What is it? Where is that gap? you need God to fill in. That you need God to do what only 
He can do. This isn't also, this isn't, this isn't, well, do all that you can do and then rely on God. No, 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 no. God has told us by faith to do certain things in certain areas. And, but then, <clears throat> He's our good, good Father that knows. That knows. We'll give up if it's too far out. But if He does everything, it's no good to us either. But we have to see our good, good Father work and step in and move in ways that we cannot move. God will move heaven and earth for His children in line with His promises and in line with His kingdom. So we have a time of reflection. Where is that sun stand still miracle for you? Or another question is, are you still in Gilgal? Have you marched out? Have you sacrificed and committed your, to, yourself to walking in line in a hear and follow way with God? Or are you sitting in Gilgal waiting for a miracle in Gibeon? Wrestle with God. Ask God for sun stand still miracles. Ask Him also for the strength to march. And see God move in ways that only a father who can move heaven and earth only in ways that he can do.